0: What's up guys? It's Shelby and you're listening to Lash Boss Radio. If you are new to the show, this podcast is a place where I bring on the industry's biggest lash bosses and dive deeper into their world and just learn more about them. If you're not new, then welcome back. Of course, today is a very exciting day because my friend Tiana from the Lash Exchange is here on the show to share some of her nuggets of wisdom Um, You all are just going to love her in this interview, and to find out why, just keep on listening. Okay, Tiana, so the Lash Exchange has been up and running for a few years now. Um, Can you tell the listeners what it's all about?
1: Yeah, I wanted to design like a collaborative space where we could just bring in Lash artists. We could have professional products represented from different lines, you know, as an artist, So, important to me is access to products and education. So, we do our trainings, we have our products, and then, of course, I lash myself and one other person lash out of the space, too. And we just kind of are everything lash related tons of photo shoots, tons of things like that. So,
0: and then can you describe kind of the setup of your space? Because I feel like it's kind of unique.
1: Yeah. So, it's basically an empty warehouse space. Um, It actually was an old dry cleaner dry cleaning like place where they actually did did the dry cleaning yeah oh my gosh so it's really high ceilings just industrial and I kept it open because I didn't I truly honestly didn't know what the plan was I didn't know fully what the plan was I wanted Mm -hmm. to keep it open I didn't want to divide it spatially so the front is our professional showroom we have tons of our products out so people can see it touch it feel it experience it. So kind of like a cosmetic counter situation. And then behind that is where I have my private lash area where I do my clients, but it's still open concept. I just have curtains. And then our academy space. Yeah, so it's really, really versatile and open and big.
0: (laughs) I love that because I've taken a class there and um, all of the students and everyone was just in the back and then you were still able to keep the front open for people that wanted to come in and shop. So it's really cool. Yeah, we've really done our best to maximize the space that we had to work with. Definitely. Um, So can you tell me, like, what brands that you carry at the Lash Exchange? Yeah, so
1: we have Lash Affair, of course. That's that's our main brand that we have just because they have such a really well-developed line. You know, we we stand behind the product. We have a great working relationship. So, of course, Lash Affair... Then we have lash makers, of course. Um, I took the training with Elena. I'm sure all of you know, but mm-hmm. it, it changed it changed my whole thing. And I I love that she patented, you know, her product. Yes, we offers offer Dallas something really exclusive and kind of cool that we have a relationship, you know, from the training side with her. And then, of course, I I do sell blink as well so that's like our generic brand we can offer it at a lower price point than some of our other brand brand name products and things like that and then we supplement with of course our own like manufactured products kind of in there too so and nice. maven artistry as well uh limited edition products per yeah we just we do our best to try and bring our customers a different different mix
0: do you find that you have more online shoppers or do you have a lot of Dallas artists that come in and pick up every day?
1: Um, our, our definite strength is our in-store showroom. Um, my experience was behind you know retail beauty counters and I was always in the retail kind of side of things. So my inspiration to have the showroom, I was very clear about how I wanted to function. So we've had to make growth. Um, our website honestly we do a lot of local business with the website so but we're growing we're redoing our website and really growing we do just have to kind of make our presence a little bit more focused on our online but it's kind of just me right now so
0: (laughs) yeah are you do you still have somebody working with you that does like the classic lashes Yes, definitely. My girl, um, she's
1: actually a student of mine. I met her, she trained with me. And I am I always say like I'm a harsh critic. Not that I'm criticizing, but that I just if someone is gonna work for me, there's so many things that I would need that person to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I can't necessarily coach somebody in that. I don't necessarily have the resources to, you know, really spend a ton of time and mold somebody. So when mm-hmm. I met her, I was just like, her level of expectation for her own work was so incredibly high that it just, I was sold. I was like, if you need a place to lash, you can lash here, like, please.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So I kind of, yeah, she really just really, really, you know, meets that level for me that mm-hmm. I want with my business. Said that you are still lashing. Are you doing that full time? I am.
1: I am still a full-time lash artist at the end of the day i'm still that and i really over the years um, i know so many people who train you know that's the goal to kind of get out of doing clients as much and you train people for me i just that's really the part of lashes that i still i'm totally head over heels in love with is doing the actual like artistry doing the work like i don't i don't necessarily see myself as a lash artist who doesn't lash anymore or I mean, obviously, I have to pull back a little bit to get other things done, but I, I still do love part of it. But it's, it's really challenging for me, truly, I mean, to run a full-time schedule and things like that. And then maintain the
0: store and all of that. Yeah, And cool. your family, too, because you have two little ones. Yes, I do. And I that know, is I do it. My really, yeah, it, it takes a lot. It takes a village. <laughs> so what does your husband do? My husband is a super smart guy. He is an air traffic
1: controller for the federal government. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Um, we're total
0: opposites. Did he believe in you from the very beginning when you had this vision for the Lash Exchange? Like, what were his thoughts on it?
1: Oh, from from jump. From inception. Phil was always supportive. Like, this guy, when I first really was getting into lashes, like, I was very heavily pregnant Um, right after I was really building a clientele this guy like turned the third bedroom of our house into like the coolest little like lash room so I could lash like in the house so I wouldn't have because I was supposed to be on bed rest yeah but I still wanted to like lash so we like moved moved all the lash stuff it was really cool oh my goodness yeah He, he always says that his vision for the lash exchange like he had the vision first that not so much specific to lash exchange, but that I could probably do something a little bit bigger than yeah. just,
0: you know, yeah. That's awesome. When you first started out, do you feel like lashing came easy to you or was it something that you struggled with? Oh,
1: struggle. Like, struggle, but <laughs> hard. It was a hard, hard time. I was in an area... In the twin cities in Minnesota, there's just very little access. Uh, things, things just kind of taper in to the Midwest a little bit lower. So mm-hmm. I think the amount of access to education, amount of access to this overall knowledge is very limited. So I did have a very hard time um, doing lashes and quit like 100 times.
0: So this was when you were learning classic. Was it the same whenever you were learning volume? volume i would say
1: when i was learning volume by then i was already so locked in like i was so just like i have to learn this i want to learn this so i feel like i was a little more empowered like i can do this you <laughs> know like i surely gotta just keep doing this i have to know how to do this it's amazing yeah So i think that was like a, a different motivation yeah
0: Right. Um, as far as mentors or any inspirations that you had, did you have anyone to kind of help you as you were struggling or was it just like a ton of classes that you took?
1: Yeah, I was actually self-taught. A lot of people don't know this. I, I never was trained until I trained with Trina. Maybe wow. I literally had to take. I had never taken any last class. So when I ended up moving to Dallas, I was already doing volume. Well, I I look back and it's my version of volume. Like it's a very Mm -hmm. odd thing that I was doing, but it was working kind (laughs) of. So, um, but yeah, she had, she was just one of those people. I was like, I, I kind of didn't have a lot of money. So I was like, if I'm going to spend any money, it's, it's got to be, like, with this this Maven artistry. Yeah. So when I moved to Texas, that was my number one goal, like, before I even had moved, was to take my first class with her.
0: Yeah. So the friendship that you have with Trina came after training with her. I, I yeah. didn't know that. I thought you guys were friends before because you no. guys seemed so close. Yeah. It's crazy because like we, we met and she's like,
1: Oh, you're from Minnesota. She's like, what? I'm from Minnesota. I was like, we're in Dallas. She's from Minnesota. It's crazy. (laughs) Just hit it off. Like she's a very, very authentic person. I just, I had kind of been, yeah, I had kind of been reeling, you know, I'm in a new city. I don't know anybody. It was just very, um, it was very challenging to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. So right Right actually before I took her class, my plan was to actually quit lashing, truthfully. I was going to take a job with Neiman Marcus to go back working in high-end cosmetics. So wow. I was going to take a job with Chanel. I was like, yeah, but I'm just going to go back to selling makeup and doing makeup. It's fine. I just kind of had just a rough start trying to rebuild a full clientele when I had moved from from Minnesota to Dallas, so... I was like, I'm going to just train with Trina and see, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that, like, does anything for me, if I can get any tips on how to get a clientele going here. Mm-hmm. And after I took her class, I was just like, I'm back in it. Like, i got to figure this out. Like, I'll figure
0: this out. So it was really cool. That's awesome. So when you're lashing, what are some products that you absolutely cannot lash without? Oh, man. That's a tough one, guys.
1: I love, I love, love, love the True Love Mm adhesive. I do a lot of volume and the way I do volume, you know, we all have different techniques is kind of like a modified version of my own way of doing things. And Mm
0: -hmm. there's something
1: really specific about how True Love works on the base of my volume band. So I really, really am pretty heavily reliant on that glue for that and then um lash makers pure bond oh, yeah. i mean everybody yeah right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> we love we love that and i do really love the clear connection from lashiver too i'm very mm-hmm. into the clear blue thing very very into it Same. so those yeah and then of course like my my standby volume tweezers like we all know that's a whole situation. And then microphone tape. Those those are my things. Like, I'm a very minimalist when it comes to collection. A lot of people probably, yeah, they're just, I don't use a lot.
0: Do you use the microphone tape as your iPad? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. You cut them before? I used to hate it. Mm-hmm. I cut
1: it for every customer. I cut it.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I have yet to try that, but you're one of a few people that actually do that all the time, so I'm curious yeah. about it. I used to not really like it,
1: but I do now. Why Why did you not like it before? A lot of people are not cutting it correctly, which will make you not like it. Okay. It should never be stacked. I think a lot of people stack it. Most of mm-hmm. the microphone foam is too thick to stack, so really being just precise on cutting a nice edge on it will make you love
2: it I can okay. not care
0: <laughs> okay so what advice do you have for artists who were kind of like you who were struggling with their work to either maybe become faster or create fuller sets or whatever it may be oh and sight, I would definitely you have to try harder
1: like I don't you you have to try harder mm-hmm. if you're an artist like me and you have very little resources, and you don't have a community, you don't have a mentor, you're really just kind of going at it, you know, with with whatever you have, you have, you're going to have to try harder. Like, if you have less resources, you have to kind of make up for it mm-hmm. with your own gusto. and I'm a firm believer in that. Like, you, it's, it's not that you can't afford this glue or these lashes or anything. It's nothing to do with that. You have to Focus on what you actually have control of, which is your own skill and your own intentions and practice. Like that's what it boils down to, mm-hmm. I think. And openness and willing to look at your work introspectively and then ex- like out from an outer perspective.
2: Right. You have
1: to be very realistic with yourself about your work. Because if you don't, you will never be able to really go past a certain level with your artistry. You just I know artists like that, I'm sure you do so. Like you just have to be really realistic with yourself and always know that there's there's a another step beyond, I think, is really important.
0: Yeah, and, and just even my, my thing is like if you If you see a picture of your work and then you see a picture of someone's work that you admire, what is different about the two? And then kind of infer like what it is that you need to do to make it look like that, whether it's less adhesive or um, like shorter bases and and things like that. Um, But I was just curious what you would have to say about that, because you seem like someone who's super, I guess, in tune with how, how do I say this?
1: like creating elevation like there's I I know I'm very intentional about what I see yes and very intentional about what I like and I'm just I'm I'm kind of like a hard ass like that really Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of old school minimalist type approach (laughs) like when I see a lot of new stuff I'm like well is it a trend is it a thing Mm -hmm. or is it artistry is it truly you know is it truly artistry is it a is it a how I
0: look at it. Right. And I think that you as a trainer probably are very attractive to students who are struggling with certain things um, just because they know from you, you're actually going to probably care about how their work looks instead of just making a dollar. It seems like you have a lot of intention behind your teaching um, as well as your artistry. So yeah, very, um, very much so. What what Describe what your classes are like? like what what can someone expect from taking a class with you?
1: My classes are i I don't like to call them intense, but they aren't because I in all my private classes, most of my classes are private. I am starting more group classes, but it's taken me a while because of this the aspect of I am kind of intense. When it comes to lashes, when it comes to hands-on and theory. So, you know, like pretty much they're me talking to you, looking you in the eye and (laughs) making Mm -hmm. sure that I'm seeing the response that you are comprehending it, that you're understanding it, that you're with me. So I think that can be intense for some people. Um, Mm. You know, I'm not I'm not reading from a book. I don't have um, a spiral bound 180 page manual because it doesn't. I feel like in the format that we teach lashes and mean t- taking so many classes, it's like, we're artists, we're hands on. What we do yeah. is completely touch, cut, feel, see. It's all about feeling. It's all about micro movements. You have to be in tune with that. So I like to, I like to hammer through the theory very intensely with drawings and we take notes and we do it. And I make sure you understand the key points. And then we dive right into hands-on. And the hands-on is very intense because we do it step-by-step. Step. Like you're going to feel the lashes with the tweezer and then you pick up a lash because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't just show you how to pick up a lash. Like I need you to understand the right. exact angle to pick up that lash up.
0: I feel and. like we're similar in that way. Cause when I teach someone even, um, especially with classic, like I, I'm doing mm-hmm. these little drills with them and it seems like, they look a little yes. confused. They're like, okay, okay, I yes. can do that. And it's like, no, I know you can do it. But like, I, mean, I need yes. you to seriously know okay. that each little part, each little movement is so important to the end result. But yeah, so. Exactly. It is. And sometimes I can freak people out. Like I've definitely had students <laughs> where, you know, I'm
1: not insulting your intelligence. I'm really yeah, yeah, not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not being crazy. Like mm-hmm. I do this thing when I'm teaching classics to show people the right. different feeling in the lash. And then when you're holding the speaker, how it feels to pick it up. So I have them kind of strum through 0.15 and then drum through 0.10. Right. So they can, you know, it's like a different feeling. And sometimes I'll be like, listen to the lashes and they're like, totally, this lady is insane. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Insane, completely insane. But yeah, it's a really intense theory. And then we go right into like model model for a long time so
0: do you like them to work on just one model or do you have them work on two one model I I have them work on one yeah Yeah. one and I have pre-vetted
1: models I am super super strict about models especially for my classic beginners Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: I need the lashes to be suitable for somebody just starting and and I never will put my student in the position with an unideal or a not ideal class for their first time. I just don't believe people can learn properly
0: right. like that. I agree. What is your most rewarding moment in a class that you've taught?
1: Oh, gosh, there's so many, honestly, there's so many. I just, I really think it's important, especially in a group class that people's energies are just like, you know, they're, they're, their energy is right, they're in tune, everyone's supporting each other. Um, people are able to take criticism, feedback, you know, all of that, and we all end on a happy note. That's reward. I'm good. I'm great. Like, I don't need anything else. That's amazing. So, mm-hmm. I just think when my students leave feeling tired, but confident also, I think yeah. that's really, that just makes it okay for me. I never, I don't want, Students obviously leave delusional mm-hmm. about you know their skill or what they've learned, but I I want them to feel like they understand what they need to and they have the tools that they need to go forward confidently. Yeah. That's that's what it is for me. So if I see students doing that, that just every every time I see it, it just grows.
0: So let's say you are scrolling on Instagram and you're looking at different lash work. Describe what a perfect set of volume lashes looks like to you.
1: Oh let me tell you. <laughs> let's get graphic. Let's get graphic, Shelby. <laughs> um, I think on Instagram, you know, the one thing that instantly attracts me to that perfect volume set is obviously the length. The <laughs> length. Okay, if we're if we're throwing around terminology, like let's call it what this the Russian volume authentic Russian bowling set that I'm looking for on Instagram. It has a beautiful clean edge. It's beautifully shaped. It's even and, and the fans, you can tell, are really creating that beautiful evenness in the density that you can just visually see. And that is everything. We love those photos. Mm-hmm. Those, Those are beautiful. I love seeing the eye down. I think the photos of the eye down of people maybe that don't like Russian volume to understand is that it's not that the client asks for the perfect line with their eye closed it's the artistry that goes into creating that is right people not mm-hmm. the wearability of it nothing to do honestly nothing to do with the performance of something like that as a lash set you know the health this and that right. this, this really the artistry so that. For me, Russian volume, that's it. Yeah, point blank, period. Like, I love that. I do, because I know how much time went into it. You know, just the amount of planning that goes into that. Mm -hmm. I I have a deep, deep appreciation for it.
0: Okay, so on the opposite end, what stuff do you see, maybe on Instagram also, that you wish you could just tweak or... even tell that artist like hey i wish you would like, have <laughs> you wanna right right anything like, that makes me want to un- unsee it <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, i don't know like, <laughs> yeah so describe to me what that looks like i
1: i think um i think that a lot of it has to do with just the quality of number one the photo you know if we're talking on instagram the quality of photos they can be like um, the, the quality and the brightness and the focus of what you're trying to show me. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it more when it's, you can tell that it was executed with some thought right with, um, you know, some intention and just a little bit of that, more of the details. So I can see what's going on and what you're trying to show because that's what Instagram is, what we're trying to show off as mm-hmm. our best, as the best, Marketable impression of ours are our, what we have to offer. So right. um, when I see things that maybe are misleading to clients, is what alarms me. I would say, like it's very extreme length, you know, very un, maybe unhealthy, you know, things like that. It's it just just more alarming because if we perpetuate it, I feel like that's when it just makes it harder on everyone. Right. Harder for us to do our job, you know, the jobs that we're trained to do and mm-hmm. how we were trained to already do them. Right. So when I see stuff like that, that's contradicting, you know, what we know, contradicting theory, contradicting, you know, things that we know in this industry, and we should all just embrace with open arms. That's when I get a little off-put mm-hmm. um, with Instagram. You know, the, the length thing is big for me. The length so... thing is big for me.
0: So this kind of reminds me of, like, situations where a client comes in and they show you a picture of a set or something from maybe their last place that they used to go to or, I don't know, a friend of theirs that does lashes out of state or something. Definitely. And they request something that you don't agree with. How do you personally handle that type of situation?
1: Me, personally. Mm No. Totally. This is just me. I have so many other tactful ways to suggest maybe a beginner to deal with a situation like this but me personally I let them know straight out of the gate like if your last lash artist did that here is my whole portfolio I have hundreds of photos of my work and none of my work looks like what you want Mm -hmm. that's my honest statement like if, if I'm not that artist who's known for the great length lashes and the crazy in the eyebrows shape, I really am not the best lash artist to execute the exact look that you're hell bent on getting.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: we already kind of know between like my, the client, the potential client myself, that our vision isn't lining up. And right. I've been doing this like 10 years. I've just learned. I've learned time and time again if you're not lined up with the right vision with the client, it's like starting out on the wrong foot already. It's just going to be off. You're right. never going to feel satisfied. You're never ever going to feel satisfied or fulfilled as an artist doing work that you don't like or that you don't believe in or, or anything like that, that you don't stand behind. Um, that's a problem for me. And I just simply break it to the client like, look, we can, I can get you, tell me what you like about this. Tell me what you like. Is it the texture? Is it the length? Well, maybe we can do a longer length, but you're going to get that in a very thin diameter situation. Right. If, if you want a 16 millimeter eyelash, I'll give it to you and I'll give you 1.10. I'll give you 1.07. There, you got your length. Yeah. And I didn't kill your lash. So there's, there's, you know, tactful ways to get around it. But when they show me work that just isn't up to my standards as an artist, I kindly break it down to them, help them understand it, let them know what I can do for them my way with my skills and my products and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if
0: it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit.
1: It's right. never an issue. That's just how I work now. Yeah.
0: So, I feel like sometimes clients will be on your Instagram and then they'll see that they like your work, but they almost don't know why they like it. And then they'll show you a work that looks nothing like it. And they also don't know why (laughs) they like that. So what you're doing is kind of like making them think about like, oh, this is the aspect of this picture that I like. And then maybe you guys can compromise. But it's good that you say that from the beginning to avoid that client being upset with you. So definitely
1: straight, straight out of the gate. And that's just, I've learned because I've not done it. I've not, I've been in positions, you know, we all have Mm -hmm. just over compromising common sense, over compromising common sense. It's just, if you want that long length and then you have bad retention, it then becomes my problem. When in the first place, it wasn't my, it wasn't my idea. So you can't, you can't flip flip-flop on the responsibility unfortunately because at the end of the day everything's always going to be back on you so depending on that I just don't like to be frustrated you know with clients at all I just don't like no it's not good for the work it's -hmm. not good
0: um okay so let's get into some juicy topics do you have any (laughs) I really like talking about (laughs) I got the juice I really like to, um, when people come on the show, like just ask them personally, like what, what topics kind of excite you or get you talking, or do you have a strong opinion on?
1: Oh, a strong opinion. Who are you
0: talking to? No, (laughs) I
1: do. I have strong opinions on a lot of things, I guess, because I'm just, I'm that type of person. I'm just cut and dry. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things that I did. I did notice that's kind of new to the industry is um, well, a couple of things, but the, the plagiarism police that we now <sighs> have on yeah. Instagram. I saw that too. police. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because it, it has been a hot topic. Um, There's been many, uh, you know, frustrated, I'm sure many artists, I'm sure you yourself, will yeah. be with people, you know, stealing work and things like that. I just, I was on an artist's Instagram and I saw something on her page and she's a really well-known artist on Instagram who incorporates eyelashes. Uh, I believe it's Violet Tinder. Mm -hmm.
2: She incorporates
1: a lot of eyelashes, you know, the pumpkin with the eyelashes and things like that. I think that as an industry, we all need to do our best to not be assholes when it comes to our online presence, because she had a post on there and it was, it was literally specifically geared to our industry, probably only. And mm-hmm. it said like, hey, look, like I'm a working artist, just like we're working artists. She's an actual artist. That isn't her her hobby, posting eyelash art on there. That's like mm-hmm. a real photographer with real editors and real, you know, yeah. skills going on to produce that image. And then we are putting it all over our Instagrams. You know, people are throwing it up everywhere without crediting her. It makes us look really foolish, I, I have to say, as an industry mm-hmm. to not be uh, marketing our businesses in a professional way. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just not acceptable. Right. You know, it's just not acceptable for us. Like we're, you know, we're women in business, which already I I have to say, like me and my personal experience in business, it's it's another dare to climb let right. me tell you like how many of you I'm sure Shelby you're young and beautiful and you're a girl okay mm-hmm. like when you went to go rent your space and get oh, a yeah. commercial lease for the first time right they're like where's your dad yeah. like where's your husband little girl like <laughs> what are you doing out here like let you out oh, and my it's God. like you know we as a we're, we're presenting ourselves we're doing big big girl business yeah okay we're all big girls we gotta you gotta be responsible and you, if you do not know how to market and you do not know these things you got to educate yourself okay mm-hmm. it's it's really important we don't know i don't know anymore and i don't have any more experience than anybody else in terms of digital marketing or online presence i literally have zero background yeah. in instagram social media none of that and You know, we we have to play by a certain etiquette and present ourselves professionally to be actual business people.
0: Yeah, and I don't see what the issue is with simply tagging someone or crediting um, someone for something that you took of theirs that took them time to create. Yes. Um, Even, like, some of the brands will put out cute memes or something, and they'll have their logo on the picture, and people will literally cut it out, and I think that's really odd, um, because I don't see the issue with it being on there. It's hard, because
1: I don't think people realize that, like, even for, for example, um, I'll use Trina as an example. A lot of people don't know, and she probably won't be mad at me for saying this, because it's true. Anybody who knows Trina will know this. It's literally just her.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, the last change is literally me, and like, a very small staff like it's literally her so when you see a cute meme or cute, you know she's done cute memes and little animation stuff or a lot of cute stuff it's it's a we're talking we're talking 12 to maybe 24 maybe 48 hours maybe a week Mm -hmm. went into creating that image like we're talking digital edits, we're talking Photoshop, we're talking Illustrator, we're talking like this is actual stuff that we as business owners have to do. So it's kind of like when you rip it, you're kind of just ripping off another small business. And, and a lot of the times it's another entrepreneur personally. Mm-hmm.
0: The When when Trina first Started, I think, when she was actually the lash at atelier. Um, I don't think I'm saying yeah, that correctly. but yeah, the lash atelier. Yes, she literally had. <laughs> I still see um, her picture of you're a classic, you're fantastic. That little yes, lash yes. illustration. I mean, that one's still being ripped Trina,
1: off. Yes, yeah, Trina needs like a neck tattoo with that on her neck <laughs> because just the other day I saw. A, a remake just the other day, yeah, like somebody completely had it redigitally designed and all this stuff, and it's just like they redesign it. It's just like oh, but like the lash photos too. It's it's like people don't realize when I do a lash photo or a product photo, I mm-hmm. don't have a photographer. I don't have like I'm a small business. I I actually don't have a ton of resources to put towards things like that. Yeah. So I do it myself. And that takes even longer because I'm not a professional. So if you see a lash photo, that lash photo was eight hours on a model, maybe, or, you know, something like that, if it's a volume set, six hours, and then, you know, sorting through the photos, and then editing the skin, and then figuring that out, figuring out a caption and posting it like it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not for my, my well being. Right. You know, it's like it's work. It's, it's art that I'm working on. If you don't have the vision to necessarily, you know, execute what you have or what what you out of your own head would like really love.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and that's where the power is. Like, yeah. it's like you're selling yourself even short because you do have good ideas and you do have good things. Everyone's got something unique. Yeah. everyone that's what's crazy about it this is like if if everyone's got something unique in there like everyone's personality and style is so different so yeah. you can totally just go with that and it'll be immensely awesome <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to some weird version of what someone else's you know truth is right it's totally selling themselves short um in terms of that, I think. And, and just the artistry, it's, it's just go back to that. Go back to the artistry of it and the vision and just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. It'll be great.
0: I know this is probably a question that a lot of people, when I ask this question, they're, they're like, what? There's no typical yeah. day. But do you oh, have, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do you have like a typical day or what does a typical day look like for you? It is
1: crazy. Like, all, I mean, all the people you're interviewing, they're like, what? Because we're all crazy. We're all living crazy lives. Uh Like, it's nuts. We all have, like me, I have tons of animals everywhere. Uh (laughs) Like, I have all these pets to take care of in the (laughs) shop. But it's crazy. Like, actually, today I just got back from um, Los Angeles. We were doing this crazy, on my stories, I'm sure people saw it, it's a crazy photo shoot in LA with Jordan Liberty, who is like this crazy, amazing makeup artist and photographer. So Hmm. I was doing that. That that could be a typical day. I'm trying to really do more stuff that is art related and Mm -hmm. beauty photography and really just polished imagery. So I will spend like a full day doing a model and then taking photos. That's, that's, that's a great day for me. Let's talk about that. That's a great day. That's a great typical day. Um, Another typical day could just be me glued to my lash chair for 10 hours straight doing clients. That's also a very typical day for me. I do that pretty often. So it it really is, it can go from zero to 100. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) Do you have any like morning or evening routines that that you have to do in order to get through your day or end your day?
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, I'm just a, I'm a person of like habit. So I guess I'm pretty <laughs> ritualistic, I guess, mm-hmm. in a certain way. Like when I, when I do things, um, I don't know. I really do have to have a lot of quiet time. I'm, I'm pretty introverted professionally. I'm extroverted Personally, mm-hmm. I'm introverted though. People that know me know that. Like, you'll find me in the house. So, for me, I definitely have to have that quiet time
2: mm-hmm. you know, in the
1: evening, in the morning, or evening, or all day, or half the day, or part of the day. Yeah. But I do a t- ton of audiobooks, tons. I always have my headphones, and anyone who's around me knows like I'm always plugged up to something mm-hmm. listening to audio. So I guess that would be a ritual for me. I, I'm always tuned into something um, that I'm listening to, especially while I work, especially while I lash.
0: Do you have any favorites or recommendations for audiobooks? Oh, yeah, yes. I
1: listen to
0: everything. Like, I've mm-hmm. done all of the,
1: like, the Hunger Games mm-hmm. books. Like, I've done <laughs> all of those because they're real... They're really long yeah. and the the audiobooks, it's almost like there's so much of a crazy story that someone's just telling in your ear while you lash. It really helps me almost like stay on beat or pace while I lash. That's cool. So that's really weird, <laughs> but um, Sword and Scale, I love crime podcasts. And then of course, like this podcast, I still have to catch up, but I'll like mm-hmm. binge. That's how I wa- listen to yeah. this one. Like I'll binge what like listen to all of them in a row like five of them so I do that a lot um all the business all those podcasts there's literally so many new ones Ted I do like the Joe Rogan one it's pretty interesting yeah um yeah just just anything entrepreneurial anything like woman entrepreneurial love that I'll listen to the Jenna Kutcher one sometimes
0: did you say that you like crime podcasts? Obsessed. Um, I actually, my degree was in criminal justice,
1: so I'm a creep like that.
0: <laughs> um, it just, it's really funny because a lot of like lash and brow artists, or I, I don't know what this, I honestly don't know what the correlation is, but. Oh, our crime buff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just. It's so funny. There's so many people that say that they love murder podcasts and like crime podcasts and weird. Like,
1: I know. It's so funny because <laughs> I'm such um after you know, like doing criminal justice and like learning about all that, I I just the statistics that I know that are in my head, I'm like, huh. Like I'm a very cautious person. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very cautious person <laughs> because I'm just like, I don't know, it could happen. Like people on these podcasts are going crazy murdering, like, unexpectedly. Not me.
0: So do you have any other passions outside of our industry besides, like, reading or listening to um, podcasts and books?
1: Oh, I love animals.
0: Mm, like, me too. You know, I, I'm sure you, you
1: are an animal lover too, but mm. that's my jam. Like, that's my jam. When I'm not lashing, I'm walking my dogs around the neighborhood trying to, like, find stray animals. Like, I'm an animal person. Like, anywhere I go, if there's an animal in need, like, I will get that
0: animal to carry me. I know. Yeah, that's how I have, um, I have three cats and a dog, and um, I, they all just kind of fell into my lap that way, like, Yes. basically they all of them were stray do. yeah and I I yeah, was at the vet do. actually like picking up my cat's um cat food and I saw you know how at the vet sometimes they have like stories about an animal in need or something yes at the front. oh I always read those <laughs> I, I always I, I was seriously about to get this other cat like the other day because there was this. Cat <laughs> I feel like it, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> there's like their family's moving, I guess, and can't bring the cat or something. Aww. So I'm like, wow, I need this I know. cat. it's it's sad, but I'm an animal lover. I know you're for like, sure. look,
1: I've got two salons, I've got <laughs> this whole thing. You're like, you know what we need right now? Another cat. <laughs> Another like, cat. Yeah. Cat. I know. Like, I have two dogs. One um, is like a very old senior, she's twelve, mm. but she's amazing. She's my spirit animal. And my other one is like a little homeless. He was homeless forever, like a shih tzu. Yeah. But he was severely like emotionally disturbed when we got him because he was in a domestic violence situation, which is also mm-hmm. another passion of mine. So mm-hmm. I was like I have to I have to rescue him. That's like that's
0: not not an option. So did he, he, um, he kind of turn around after getting um, building trust uh, with you guys? It was a lot. Like, yeah. we, really, we took him home the first day, and he was fine. But then we realized he had
1: these weird, like, aggressive – like, you'd try to tell him to get off the bed, and all of a sudden he would just start growling, mm-hmm. you know? And you were like, oh, shit, like, you didn't know he was going to flip like that. So he was really crazy when we got him. And we got in touch with this amazing dog trainer. Swear to God, she's a dog whisperer. She trains with mm. Caesar Milan, and she's here in Dallas. And she took him for a week and like did all these trust building exercises and oh my like gosh. coached him for like twenty four hours a day with her. And he came back like a changed man. Wow. So then he did more like in home training with us to you know teach us how to work with him to make him, you know, feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now he's like a big baby, Aww. like a big, giant baby.
0: Isn't that crazy so, how you can I know. essentially with your own heart, just kind of change someone yes. else's. Yeah. I know. I'm like,
1: I'm willing you to love me because I love
0: you. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he,
1: he's like, so he's such a strange fellow, but I just love him.
0: Aww, <laughs> I love that. Um, so, I want to know, when you were a child, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Oh, my God. That is such a funny question. (laughs) I
1: honestly was always obsessed with playing store. Uh Like, I was always obsessed. Like, from the youngest age, like, I was always running, like, this cash register game situation. And I would ask for my like any birthday money or anything I always ask for one dollar bills <laughs> because I like to feel like I had tons of money Lots, yeah. and I collected quarters so honestly I think I'm I thought I was gonna own a store or be a cashier or something like wow. in my head I just really I was really into the idea of like <laughs> and, like, money management. Well, that came true for you.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I have my own cash register. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. So what I I feel like a lot of times on Instagram or Facebook, it's hard to see, like, the struggles behind, like, owning a business or lashing full-time, and it's just – it's all kind of filtered. So are there moments where you – Kind of feel like you're losing it, or moments where you kind of just oh. need to <laughs> step back, or anything like that. Every
1: day, every <laughs> mm-hmm. all the time. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you feel this. Yeah, it's the same way. I don't know too many entrepreneurs that are like, no, I have yeah. a great time all the time. <laughs> like it's great. <laughs> and if you are an entrepreneur that's like that, God bless you. For uh-huh. real, I am losing it every day, all all day. Um, I have an amazing assistant who actually is just helps me. She's an extremely calm person. Everyone knows jazz, like she's so chill that it makes my neurotic, you know, like mindset kind of just like slow down. Mm -hmm. So that really helps is having that balanced energy. Um, Yeah. You don't see it on Instagram at all. I never Mm -hmm. really share anything like that. Like once in a while I'll have like a fun rant or something. Yeah. Truly, the bipolar business of being in business is never ending for most entrepreneurs, myself included. This mm-hmm. year is a huge initiative for me to start separating my work and my personal life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, I've been in this business 10 years. That's been never, never has been my priority. Mm-hmm. I use my, self, my cell phones for work like it's constant. So I'm working on separating that so I can have a healthier personal life because I am very intense when it comes to work and like jobs and I'm a very emotional person Mm -hmm. at times so that is hard as an entrepreneur I mean do you feel that way Uh, definitely yeah it's a lot like it's a lot to handle Mm -hmm. um so when I go quiet on Instagram it's because It's just too much. And I really am just not. I I use Instagram as like an expression of my best. I'm having the best time. Like my best is there, you know, like the best stuff. Yeah. You don't see the jet lag. You don't see the misery. You don't see it like actually this week, right before I I went to LA for this amazing, you know, like life, the whole the everything in my career has led up to that photo shoot pretty much you didn't see it on Instagram because I didn't share it, but my whole neck just has collapsed at this point. Like my my whole neck, all the muscles in it are just done. Like it's done. Like steroid shots and steroids and muscle relaxers and like these hardcore, you know, elbow in your back treatments. Like that's the reality of, this industry and I've just overdone it Mm
2: -hmm. for
1: a long time. So for me, it's like, I have no choice, but to take time for myself and try and, you know, get myself back together Mm -hmm. and know my own limit. But that's something for me that it's not even a choice. If I like have to stop lashing, like it literally would be my body saying like, you can't hold your head up anymore. Like it's done. Like you're done. So that's a big that's a big thing I'm dealing with right now. It's just mm-hmm. it's not getting it's not getting better, it's getting worse. So it's just like, okay, gotta figure it out.
0: Do you think that you're gonna end up shortening your lash days to prevent that from getting worse? Yeah, definitely. I want
1: to still be able to lash, especially from like an artistry perspective perspective. You know, I feel like I'm in the, my prime opportunity space mm-hmm.
2: to take my
1: artistry as high as it can go just because I'm blessed with so many amazing artists around me. You know, I'm just so much opportunity. Right. And I want to be able I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to get to that point where I'm just really happy with my work.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: my body has to be able to be okay to do that. So Yeah. I'm definitely going to shorten my last days, you know, and I'm so blessed that I work in the same city as like my last lingo, Roxy Cruz. She's not only a client of mine, but she is somebody who all my volume of clients will, you know, she'll be able to take amazing care of them if I'm not able to accommodate them. So that's been a huge, huge blessing and relief knowing like, well, my girl that works at my shop, she's Denotra, She's amazing. You know, really polishing her volume skills. Mm-hmm. And then Roxy is able to help me in the meantime. So.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm not too stressed about it, but it is a it is a hard thing. Yeah. To have to be like no, tell yourself like no, mm-hmm. no. Like it's just I've always been just that like hustler mentality. Like all right, get them in, get them in. Like you never don't not need the money when you're growing a business. You, exactly. You never don't need the money That that's the thing so exactly and I always try and try and push myself but it's just it's it's my body telling me to calm mm-hmm. down so that would be another tip to those beginners like if you don't take the time you need and if you think that it's gonna just be jolly good and you're gonna make make all this money and you're it it comes back it comes yeah. back around yeah so mm-hmm. if you're thinking about you know not investing in the good chair and not investing in the proper light like your eyes will fall out of your head and your head's gonna fall off your neck like mine (laughs) it's (laughs) it's not gonna work your body is not made to do this it's Mm -hmm. not the body is not designed to do what we do
0: yeah so last question what are some words that you live by
1: oh some words that i by.
0: I just—I don't know if they're
1: not like a like an actual quote. I didn't write anything down for this. You good?
2: Like um, a motto. I
1: just think, yeah, I just think, just just staying authentic to yourself and knowing why your your reasoning behind it, and if if you're ever in a position that doesn't align with that reasoning, your original reasoning and fuel behind it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it, it's, it's not going to feed you. It never will fulfill you just to stay authentic and very honest and true with yourself. Like from that perspective, yeah. just you, yourself and I, just be in tune because stuff gets crazy out there mm-hmm. when you, you, you know, you want, you think success and, you know, growth. And I mean, you have the two salons. I mean, you're so young, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I cannot even imagine. And then you're doing this as well. It's really just like yeah, knowing yourself. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't, you're killing, like even this podcast, like you're killing it. and You're getting all this, you know, stuff done. It's because it's in line with your reasoning. It's in line with your passion. It's truly what you wanted to see from this industry mm-hmm. outside of just sitting behind a chair. So for me, it's all about that yeah all about it it might it might not be popular it might not be the most billion dollar ideal it might not be scaling like maybe I can't scale it to be a bajillion dollar idea or something like that but again it's in line with where I want to see myself and where I want to be exactly I think is it's so important you know trainers like me personally I have a family I have kids for me it's been real to um accept the fact that I I actually don't want to necessarily be traveling around the world away from my family mm-hmm. so you know not doing you know big group trainings or trying to promote myself to be a traveling artist was really one of my truths that I had to like sit down and say like I actually don't think that's what I want to do even though yeah. it seems the right thing to do for my career or my business you know what I mean right no I get so, it Yeah, I just don't, I I don't think people need to succumb to the pressure of what
0: they see others doing. Yes. Because
1: once you start doing that, it's a, it's a slippery slope, my friend. It slippery is. Slope.
0: I'm so glad you, mm-hmm. you talked about that because I kind of yeah. touched on that whenever I shared my story yeah. um on episode yeah. 10. And it was like, I love that. <laughs> yes. Like, cause I did that. I thought like, okay, I need to do this and then this and then this. And like, I was just checking boxes, but I wasn't making yeah. sure that I was actually happy. And then before you know it, I just have these storefronts that I'm um, liable for, which I actually love. I am, I'm really blessed and lucky right, to have the right. team. But in hindsight, well, you're like damn, <laughs> yeah, damn. it's <laughs> just a lot. And I try to warn people, like be careful, because yes. it is not all that you think it is. So I'm just make sure you really want y'all. it. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: You couldn't have said it better.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up episode 16. To keep up with Tiana, make sure you check out The Lash Exchange on Instagram. You definitely won't be sorry. You can also shop all of the products that she carries in the store online at thelashexchange.com. And you can also find her training information there as well. And I would love to hear what you guys thought of this episode. So come find me on Facebook and Instagram under Lash Boss Radio. And I will see you guys back in about a week with episode 17.